10, 5, he's into the end zone, touchdown Arkansas State. Deflected into the hands of Feltz, Avery for three, hits, cover is safe, the Red Wolves have walked it off. Welcome to the Second to None Podcast, the A-State Podcast, presented by Simmons Bank. Now, here's a couple of guys who know the Red Wolves like no one else. Matt Stoltz and Brad Boba. What a week for the Sunbelt track and field champions. The A-State track and field teams for the fourth straight season go in to Birmingham. They sweep the men's and women's indoor championships. The first program to sweep four years in a row since Middle Tennessee did it back from 2001 to 2004. The men blow away the competition they finish with 174 and a half points that's 48 ahead of second place the women with 106 and a half points that was 30 ahead of second place and the red wolves now with a combined 24 championships under dr jim patchell just well, add some more to the trophy case. And we can talk more about this with our guest here in just a moment. But, you know, you always – you see a lot of times where they've gotten to the point where you got it wrapped up and you can skip that last relay. You don't even have to run it because you've already got one. We're working toward just skipping the last day. <laughs> <laughs> just having it on ice, having it on wrap, and just kind of – you know, just messing around. Don't even have day. to show yeah. up. We can we can save a. We'll head on back. A night in the hotel. We'll take our trophy. You guys figure out second place. We'll be at the house. <laughs> now, A State, the all-time winningest program in Sunbelt Conference indoor history, owning eleven men's titles, eight women's championships, and one of the stars of the championship is with us right now joining us in studio it's freshman out of houston texas welcome in miles thomas how you doing miles i'm doing good very good well i bet you're doing really well (laughs) first off i want to talk about the team and just being able as a freshman your first sunbelt conference championship that you participated in what was it like for you just being able to go in win a team championship and celebrating with your teammates afterwards it was uh definitely different coming from like high school the high school aspect is more so like i went to state as a as a uh, as a senior in high school and it's more so like you're rooting for your teammates but you've known these guys for six seven years you've known them since like elementary coming in with this team it's like who's that right there like oh let's go such and such let's go such and such <laughs> like everybody was cheering for each other they did the asu chant asu asu it, it was a totally different feeling than anything else I've competed in when it comes to track and field. Well, that's cool. You'll obviously get to know those teammates oh, yeah. that no, uh, yeah. you celebrated with and, and a good chance to watch them in action this past week in Birmingham. And part of that, you can't go back to your high school, right? So you got a, a smaller number of people that's divided up and everybody's doing four or five things. We'll ask you maybe how many different events you did in a high school track meet. But here, like – it gets more compartmentalized, right? You're with the sprinters and the distance people are over there and right. the pole vaulters are over there and the throwers are out there. So, I mean, it, there's really maybe not that many times until you get to a conference championship meet that the entire team is all at one place at one time. Right. We definitely split up a good amount of meets. Like the throwers were in a certain place. The distance team was in a certain place and the sprints was in another place. Like you said, conference is really when the whole we finally got to see the whole team come in jail together and we're like man we really got a team we got a real a really really good team before we started recording i asked you how the team celebrated the other night and you said well there's really not 
much of a celebration. The bus ride home. The bus ride home. The bus ride home. We were playing charades on the bus as a team. Everybody was involved, just having a good time, talking it up, meeting people, like getting to know other people on the team. Like the distance team, they practice at a totally different time than the sprints. So I'm meeting certain people on the distance team, and I'm like, hey, we actually got something in common. Like, we're, we're actually pretty cool. <laughs> All right, so celebrate with charades. That's <laughs> that's the way uh, Dr. Patchell likes to do it. Let's talk about you. And we talk about the gold medal winners, and we'll get into the rest of them here in a little bit. But you win gold in the men's 60 meters, a time of 6.66 were you surprised with the time? I was actually a little upset. All right. I wanted the school record. Now, you know who owns the school record, right? Jalen Bacon. Jalen Bacon, yep. Jalen Bacon's school record is 6.56. Mm-hmm. Is that one of the things you look up when you come here as a sprinter? Do you see what all the school records are? I, I looked at it, and going into the meet before that Vanderbilt, that's my first time I went 6.6. Six. So I was like, I ran six six, and my race wasn't even complete. Like I didn't complete my race as a, as a as a whole. So I'm like, if I complete my whole race, six fifty six would come down. And looking up at the time, I was happy that I won the race. I got to put up and help my team to the bigger goal, but I wanted that. I wanted that six fifty six. We be okay that you didn't break it as a freshman. We, I mean, you, oh, yeah, you, right. we got enough. We got enough time to. Oh yeah. Break it and break it again, and a few more times after that, right? Oh yeah. This was the first time around, Miles. So yeah, you you've got plenty of opportunities. You've got you've got something to shoot for now. Yeah, first full indoor season. I've only ran one one other indoor meet coming into college. If Coach Patchell was here, we'd be going through this list of not just gold medal winners, but other places you score points. Because one of the things I always like to ask Coach Patchell out coming off a conference championship is, you know, where did you either get more points than you thought you're going to get, or score points that you didn't think you'd score. Had I asked Coach Patchell this question before you went to Birmingham, would he have had you scoring first place points? Would he have said you were winning this event? He had us down for 13 points in the 60. Okay. So 10 points for me, and then either my other teammate Amari, Amari Walker, or Denarian Art. He, we just needed three points out of them. That's all he wanted from us, 13 points as a, as a, as a group. So he, you knew he had you down for 10 points? Yes, sir. All right. Coming in there, I knew I was supposed to win it. That's why I had my head on, head on straight, stayed locked in, knew I was supposed to win that. How are you with those kind of expectations? I mean, does it cross your mind, hey, I'm a true freshman. He's kind of putting a lot on my shoulders here. This is my first championship meet. I wasn't too messed up about it. I was like. Do you take that as a, as a compliment, though, that coach? Yeah, I, I did, but I. Sees that in you? Yeah, but on the flip side, in the 200, he only asked for one point. And I took that kind of like. You got mad? Yeah, I'm 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 going to get more than that. (laughs) I ended up only getting us that one point. I didn't run the 200, was cramping up. But I knew if I would have run the 200, I probably would have double crowned. Yes, you had that incredible time. Second fastest in school history. and, And you win the gold in the 60. But in the 200, I guess in the semifinals, you run a time of 21.38. That was third fastest in school history. Obviously, you knew you were on to the finals at that point. You had qualified for the finals. Did you kind of ease up at the end? Were you trying to save something? Going into that 200, I was looking at like the people's entries times. I saw a lot of 20 points from the Texas State team. And I was like, so going into it, I'm like, I just got to go ahead 
smash the gas. Go ahead. Make sure you get in there. Help your team get that one point. Because once you get to the final, everybody gets a point. So I, I went into it, smashed the gas, and I got to about 35 meters out. And I was like, I'm actually moving. Maybe I should just save a little bit because I still got to run the 60 and the 200 tomorrow. Got to about 35 yards out. I started to, to coast and coasted in at 21-3. Coasted in at 21-3. <laughs> well, I'm sorry you didn't get to compete in the 200, but obviously you've got more things on the horizon. So after the gold medal finish in the 60, what's next for you now? Just getting ready for outdoor. I want to come back and win the sa- do the same thing and win, win the 100 outdoor. The 200, too, I feel like. I truly feel like if I would have ran that 200 that second day, I would have won, double crowned. I truly feel like that. I feel like my goal outdoor, time goal, I want to run 10-1 in the 100, and then 200, at least 20 point. That's how I want to do it. What's the school record in the 100? 9-9. Nine, nine. Okay. Jalen Bacon. So right now, you're you're good with, at 10-1, knowing that you've got the rest of your career to, to 10, break 10, that one, too. 10-1, because only, I only ran four high school track meets. Yeah, I just started last January, started running track. So I've only ran four high school track meets. I ran my district, my area, my regional, and I went to state. And that's how I did. All right. I wanted <laughs> to get to that because you went to Summer Creek High School in Houston. Yes, sir. You were a football player, right? Yes, sir. All right. Nah, safety. Oh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> so you mentioned this is, what, your first full year as a sprinter now? Yes, sir. What made you, was it a track coach that encouraged you to, to come run? How did you get into it? Well, it was more so my senior year, we went four rounds into the deep, two rounds before the state championship. And my position coach was one of the track coaches. And he okay. was like, man, come out here and run with us. You'll be running with the number one high school track team in the nation. Why not come out here and run with us and, and run with your boys and just end everything out on the bank? So I went out there and I was like, I guess I'll try. And I ran, they put me in an indoor meet. I ran 693. That was the fastest out of all the sprinters on my team. And after that, I was like, okay, I can actually compete with some of these dudes that you're seeing on Miles Split or all these other guys that are just mm-hmm. big-time guys. I'm like, oh, yeah, I can compete with them. So then I just went ahead and ran with it. And, like, if I probably wouldn't have ran track if it wasn't for Coach Sanders and my buddy, my, my, my best buddy, Blake Gibson. If it wasn't for them, I wouldn't be running track. So from four high school track meets to get in, you know, found somewhere along the way by Arkansas State, how'd that happen? After I ran that 693, the coach that I uh, was training with, Devin Noel, he ran track here. So the coach I was training with, he reached out to Patchell, and after that, Patchell just reached out to me, and then we got we got me here. So what's it been like then to get here and sort of actually get coaching from – Guys at this level, kind of in your time here, how much better have you gotten? I've gotten way better, but going into high school, I had a, a very, I had the two time uh, high school coach of the year, Shelton Irvin, really good coach. He, he got me to 10 4. And, and the difference between here and, and there, I feel like I'm actually more invested here because it's like I'm on scholarship. This is what I want to do now. Like, going in high school, I was doing it and I was just like, mm-hmm. You're a football it's, it's player fun. that ran track. It, it, it was fun. It was fun. I like I'm, I like to compete. I, I love to compete. And then now here, I'm more so invested into, like, the technical things and, and things of that nature. So I really see myself improving a lot. Like, my going from 693 to 666, that's a really big jump 
and and not even a full year of, of running track. I do need to ask this just out of curiosity because you're in this world now where the indoor means 60 yards and outdoor you know is outdoors the 100 but you came from that world in football where it was the 40 so yeah. what was your 40 time 439 laser 439 yes sir do you miss the football part at first i did but i, I know i still could sit down and watch football talk football do things of that nature but when, when i'm starting like when you start seeing yourself excel in something else and something new and track being new to me is like when i just started playing football like you, you all crazy about it like oh i want to learn this or i want to learn that i want to do this i want to do that that's how i am with track right now like i want to learn every little technical thing to help me run faster or like when it comes to the pros i know fred curley did this or michael norman did that like that's how i am with track right now so you become a student of track student of track yeah and you talk about learning all the technical things and obviously just kind of getting into it. You've got to feel like you're probably learning something new every, every day. day. Yeah, every every day I feel like when I'm training with Coach Will, say we do some type of workout, I don't know anything. So I'm like, Coach, before I, before I run this, what, what time is good in this? And then he tells me, I'm saying, okay, I'm going to hit that time. <laughs> <laughs> and, that's, and, that's how, and that's how I go about it because I really don't know too much when it comes to, to track and field. So when you ran the 60, you crossed the finish line with that time of 6.66. You win the gold. It's the second fastest time in school history. We talked about that. But as you crossed the finish line, you blew a kiss. <laughs> so what's that about? Where'd that come from? It was more so me and my guys. It was three of us in the prelims. We were all minding our business. And uh, some of the other teams came over there just messing with us. And we and we all we looked at each other. And we was like, we all just gonna stay cool about it. Just let them have it, cause we know as Arkansas State what we're gonna do at the end of the day. Finals day come around. I'm, I'm in my own little mojo, and, and they're kind of like messing with me, trying to trying to get me out of my mojo. I said, all right, when I when I finish this line, I'm gonna make you remember it. And in my little kiss, I honestly didn't think there was gonna be cameras or anything like that making videos, <laughs> but, but I knew you were gonna be behind me and you were gonna see me blow the kiss. And that was that. For as much as you can. What's track trash talk like? If these guys are over here trying to get you off your game, then like I mean, what what's that mean? Track trash talk is definitely different football trash talk. It's not like you're going back and forth on the football field. Track trash talk is is more so like a if I'm warming up, you'll warm up right by me and just like be on my hip pocket for no reason. Like if if I'm warming up in lane six, they'll come in lane five and try and do the same warm-up or do things to, like, antagonize me or get you from being uncomfortable. But they will they will say things. Like, going into the race, uh, a team, they, they felt like they were going to go one, two, three in the 60, in the final. Like, going one, two, three, these dudes can't mess with us. I took that as disrespectful. So I was like, okay, me and my guys going to do what we're supposed to do. I, mean, I, like, I don't know how many championships in a row we got to win before they stop trash talk. kind of poking the bear, isn't it? Yeah, I, I, I just really didn't understand why you went out of your way to come and mess with Arkansas State. You should say, I'm going to stand here and let y'all look at me because this is the last time you're going to see the front of me all week. I know, I scared him. I got a thing from my, my, my buddy Darius Rainey at USC right now. We were at the state championship. He was going to run his 400. He started screaming 45. That's the time he wanted to run, 45, 45. So that's what I did in, in my 60. I knew I was, I was so locked in and, and so... I wanted that win so bad. I stood in front of a wall screaming screaming the time I wanted to run. 6-5, 6-5, screaming at the wall. You can do it, 6-5. I shook them. They, they were just looking at me like, oh, he's not playing. 
Yeah, I'm not. I want to win. So, in your head, whatever the answer is, give me the honest answer. Right. When you got in the blocks for the final of the 60, are you racing those dudes or were you racing Jalen Bacon? Yeah, I, I knew I was going to beat those guys. <laughs> I knew. I knew. I knew one. Yeah, I knew. I knew that wasn't the race. You was, just you asked him to be honest. Yeah. He's being honest. Yeah, it was more so. I was racing that time, racing the six fifty six. Yeah, Jalen Bacon trying to get to that six fifty six. That's definitely the goal, going into it. You're a sophomore next year. Yeah. You get to run that sixty again. Oh yeah, six five. Hopefully, off rip. We still got a lot to do in the outdoor season first, oh, yeah. though. Uh, I want to go through some of the other accomplishments from your teammates. Mm-hmm. Other gold medal performances, and look, we don't have enough time today to sit here and go through everybody that got on the podium or mm-hmm. had a great finish, but one of the things that got played the most last week was the women's 5,000. Now, were you there? Were you actually in the crowd to be able to see this? Have you seen the video since this happened? I, I literally just got off the massage table, walking up the thing, and I'm like, wow, she's going to get her. Pauline Meyer. She's finna get her. She's finna get her. She's finna get her. And, like, if you see where she kicked from, like, the video, it looks cool because she just came out of nowhere off the screen. But if you really were there and you see where she kicked from and you have the energy of the team, let's go, let's go, let's go. Like, it was, it was pretty crazy. One of the, Probably one of the top walk downs I've ever seen. Pauline Meyer, who had 26 points on the week. Oh, yeah. An amazing come-from-behind win in the 5,000. And you talk about the kick, just an amazing kick. She comes from way back yeah. to win by six hundredths of a second and set a school record in the process. But that video, I, I've watched it multiple times. Yeah. It, yeah. It, it just kind of gives you chills watching that thing. Yeah, she came out of nowhere. And then Pauline, the next day, wins gold in the mile and sets another school record this is what i like because you, you're talking about it, it and it is a note she's remarkable and 26 points is awesome and you can celebrate that and it's and you should and the beauty of it is as the rest of the meet shook out if she scored zero we win it anyway because they won by 30 yeah <laughs> <laughs> so so you can say we got this kid to score 26 points and turns out we didn't need them miles i'll let you talk about the next guy that won a pair of golds he won in the mile and the 800 it's your roommate oh yeah hannes fall hannes fall wins double gold at the sunbelt indoor championships so tell me about hannes and what that meant to him me and hannes we, we have like a, a talk in the morning we walk by each other going like to brush your teeth he asked me how'd your race feel how'd your race feel hannes wasn't even he wasn't too excited with his times he was he wasn't too happy. He wanted to run faster just like me. Like and that's what I like about Hannes. Like it's more so like we're never satisfied. He asked me one time, How you feel about your sixty? I was like, oh, I ran this. He was like, You shouldn't be mad at your time. I said, How'd you how'd you feel about your uh your your mile? He was like, I feel the same way as you. So <laughs> so it's more it's more so like we're we're always pushing each other. And I feel like, in my opinion, this is just me, one of us should win freshman freshman of the year, either him or me. Yeah, he's a freshman, too. It's yeah. neat to see you guys have such a great showing in your first-ever Sunbelt Indoor Meet. Other winners, Cheyenne Melvin takes gold in the 800. Jacob Tracy with gold in the men's shot put. Courtney Thomas wins the men's long jump. Big last jump right there. Big last jump. The whole no. team was cheering for him. 
It was his last jump. He, he, he was more so in his head the whole time. He was just like, I'm not hitting the board. I'm not doing this right. And it was more so, it was like, just go blank. We'll get the team to rally behind you. He went up for his last jump, and I said, come on, y'all. It's Courtney's last jump. Come on, everybody clap. Whole team clapped. Big last jump. He wins it. Miles Thomas leading the cheers. That's right. Well, I love it. Courtney Thomas in the long jump. Now, have you tried the long jump? Uh, I'm supposed to be opening up anytime this outdoor. Really? Yes, okay. I believe that. Something you're looking forward to? Yeah, a little fun. Mix it up a little bit. Coach Will help with that too, huh? Oh, yeah. He's the champ. Oh, yeah. Imar Palmasimo wins the men's weight throw. Bradley Jelmert takes gold in the men's pole vault. And then he didn't win gold, but Will Glass sets the school record in the 60-meter oh, yeah. hurdles. He shot out like a rocket. That was one of Will's best starts I've ever seen. Did he know the school record going in? Oh, was he, he shooting for that? I don't think he was shooting for it. I definitely think he wanted to win more so than the school record because if you, if you see it after he broke the school record, his face, it was more so like, I didn't win, but hey, I broke the school record. I feel like outdoor he's going to come back with something really, really, really special. Well, this has been fun. Really enjoy getting to know you a little bit, Miles, and the future is pretty bright with you, people like Hannes, showing up big as freshmen in your first ever Sunbelt indoor meet. And hey, good luck coming up in the outdoor season. Brad, you got Thank something you. else? Well, I just say this if, like, I'm just sitting here thinking about it. If you kind of stick your hands out and take your thumbs out of play, <laughs> there's eight fingers left. Right. And that's, that's enough room for eight rings right. for you to get in your career here. Right. Is that the plan? When as much as possible is the plan. You can get you right. You can have an indoor hand and an outdoor hand. Full of Sunbelt Championship rings. I could do that. I definitely could. All right. I'm for it. Miles Thomas joining us here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank. We've got more to come right after this. When we play today, we win something bigger than ribbons or trophies. We win our tomorrows. Wherever we play, wherever we fight, wherever we overcome odds, we're winning our way. Simmons Bank is committed to supporting women athletes in the communities we serve and are proud to be an official sponsor of A-State Women's Athletics. Not just for a season, but for a winning future. Seasons are short, but fierce is forever. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. A busy past week in A-State Athletics and the track and field teams winning the indoor championships kind of got the week started, but the basketball teams wrapping up the regular season and the men were on the road wrapping up the regular season with the Louisiana road swing. They started in Lafayette on Wednesday, hung tough against a Cajun team that ended up going undefeated at home this season. And look, they still had a chance in the last couple of minutes of this ball game. ended up falling short 85 to 74. I was uh, surprised to learn from their stuff that it's the first time they've ever gone undefeated in a season in the Cajun Dome. Yep, our buddy Jay Walker and I had uh, breakfast the next morning at one of our favorite spots, T Coons. Mm -hmm. Dan McDonald, our old uh -huh. friend from Lafayette, was also there. So it was me, Jay, and Dan, and and that was one of the things that Jay brought up. He said. We've never gone undefeated at the Cajun Dome, and and I was just as surprised as you because I, it's because Arkansas State. You know, we've done it three times at First National Bank Arena. It's been three undefeated seasons. Just for it was as long as they've been down there, and as good as they have been, a lot of times I was just surprised that they've never had one. They had an opportunity here in the last handful of years, and, and they hosted Little Rock, who that season 
was last place in the league, hosted them final game of the season, and Little Rock beat them and ruined that opportunity. But this is the first time they've gone undefeated at home. Now, the Red Wolves lose by 11, but they were 13 of 25 from the foul line in that game. So some missed opportunities there. And that free throw stat, you look at 12 missed free throws. Now, a lot of misses were on front ends of one and ones too. So you've got to kind of factor that in to consideration. It is interesting how often, and this is not just with this particular team. It's funny how it happens, period. But with this bunch, it seems like sometimes missing free throws becomes contagious. But so does making them. Yeah. So it seems like you'll, you'll see that they either nearly automatic at the line or they miss a bunch because, like I said, both of those things seem to be contagious. Omar El Sheik performed well in this one. He had his 11th double-double of the year, that's second most in the conference, 18 points, 13 boards. Caleb Fields really came on late. The Red Wolves made a run those last couple of minutes. Caleb had 10 of his 18 points after the final media timeout, inside four minutes to go. But the Red Wolves fall short in this one. And then Friday, they go to Monroe, a much better result. They wrapped up the regular season with a win, an impressive victory. And it really started with the defense. They held ULM to 36% shooting. And that was the same ULM team that came in here the opening weekend of conference play and shot 54% in Jonesboro. So A-State doing a much better job defensively in this one and you mentioned the foul shooting they were 13 of 15 in this game for 87 percent Caleb Fields was magnificent 15 points eight rebounds eight assists zero turnovers Terrence Ford with 13 points and four assists he was really good defensively and they out rebounded ULM by five so uh, just all around I, I thought a good way to kind of wrap up the regular season a little bit of a weekly theme here on this podcast talking about this team is that even when, quite honestly, nobody really would have blamed them had they quit, they just don't. No. And they won't. So it's been good to see them, you know, get a pick up a couple of wins here late and, and playing well and, you know, going down to the beach now and with that thinking there's no reason they can't hang, hang out there a while. Yeah. Red Wolves have won two of their last three heading into the Sunbelt tournament. We'll take a look at. What's ahead for the Red Wolves coming up here in a little bit. Meanwhile, the women's team was in action. Final two games of the regular season came at home. And and first off, I do want to congratulate Izzy Higginbottom. Izzy, the Sunbelt Conference Newcomer of the Year that came out Monday. She was also a second-team All-League selection. Izzy and the Red Wolves dominant in their win over ULM on Wednesday. Won that game 98-73. Izzy with 19 points in that game. Anna Griffin had her fifth double-double of the year, finished with 10 points, 10 rebounds, and she did that in a little under 16 minutes. Yeah, and, and same with Izzy. I mean, she had 19, I think played 20 minutes. A lot of people had short minutes here. They had four players in double figures, mm-hmm. two with nine, two with eight eight players in that game wednesday night had at least eight points yeah that's pretty balanced i'd say so a lot of people getting involved and you know that happens when you score 98 points too there's <laughs> and uh, a lot more points to go around yeah and the crowd you know, obviously wanted to get to 100 i think the team wanted to get to 100 and Look, and they had their shot, like, right? They actually missed some shots down the stretch. And mm-hmm. even when they were sitting at 97 or whatever it was, they got an open look for three 
and took it. So, but eventually, like anytime you're sitting there at 97, 98 points and you dribble out the clock, people are going to be antsy. And that's what happened. They State got to dribble out the clock, but they took a shot at 100 and just came up a little short. Then on Friday, Texas State was in town, and this is a Texas State team that's really playing some good ball right now. They end up winning a share of the conference championship as they come in and defeat the Red Wolves 86-79. to Izzy so with 25 in this they, one. They knew. So here's the deal. James Madison played three hours before this game tipped. So it was long over. James Madison was on its home floor with a chance to wrap up an outright conference championship in its first year in the league. And they got beat either 13 or 15 by Marshall. Wow. With a chance to wrap it all up at home. So Texas State, maybe not by the time they got to the arena, but well before they stepped on the floor, they knew they were playing for a share of the conference championship. Arkansas State went in with a, in control of its own destiny in terms of you knew if you won, they were moving to the 10 and avoiding the first day of the Sun Belt Tournament. They could have gotten there anyway with a little bit of help, and Georgia State lost, which needed to happen, but App State won. Now, the lesson, there, there's a big lesson here in these, in, in, for a team, and there's even a more narrowed lesson just specifically within this Texas State game. But the wide approach is this. Over the course of an 18-game conference season, you don't know which game could come back to bite you in the butt. So as this thing played out, the one that bit this team in the butt was on January 7th, a one-point loss at home to App State. And that's what, you know, has a state playing Tuesday now instead of, you know, being a high enough seed to get out of the first day or to avoid the first day. Now, to this game, listen, this is a seven-point game against the Texas State team that, uh, you know, want to share the title. And we got outscored 22-11 in the third quarter. So you got outscored by 11 in one quarter and got lo- and got beat by seven. You're down 18 with like five minutes to go and got within seven by scoring, I think, 33 points in the fourth quarter after you scored 11 in the third. Did I say all that? Say they shouldn't have lost all their momentum. There was yeah. still a lot of stuff. That first half was just nip and tuck the whole way. I mean, just back and forth and back and forth. It's a three-point game at halftime. Well, then where A-State's got 10 freshmen and sophomores – Texas State's got nine seniors and grad students. And they came out in the third quarter, and the Sunbelt's all-time leader in assists went boom, three, three, off balance three. And all of a sudden, just like that, the game's been tied all all night. You're down by 14, and just kind of spent the rest of the way trying to get out of that hole. The baseball team was in action, played four times this past week. They fell at defending national champion Ole Miss on Tuesday, 11-3. to then they dropped two out of three over the weekend to Illinois State. Fell in the first game Friday 6-2. to two, Lost 12-8 to eight on Saturday. And then they bounced back to win the finale on Sunday. A shootout in that one. They won it 14-10. Will French with his first career home run. He started every game since he's set foot on <laughs> campus. And I loved his fist pump as he was rounding second on Sunday. You could tell he was excited. And his Landed teammates were excited for him. It did. He got a hold of it. Yeah, I thought the thing that really stood out in Sunday's game was the clutch hitting. You know, 10 of the 14 runs that they scored came with two outs. The critical part of that game on Sunday, you know, there was a really bad call. (laughs) Oh, come on. (laughs) You and the calls. Yeah, I know. I just never lay off those umpires, do I? It was... uh... 
but it was, it was a, bad. It was really bad. And and we had you know obviously the benefit of replay to see just how bad it was. Basically, basically a guy took a full swing, and upon appeal was determined to have held up in time. <laughs> In short, and, that's about what happened. And on the next pitch, he hits a two-run double yes. and gives Illinois State the lead at 7-6. to six. Just one of those that is so deflating at the time, but I love the way the Red Wolves bounce back. In the bottom half of that fifth inning, they score five times. They had four consecutive doubles at one point in that inning, and they never trailed again. But here's the deal. Even more so. You talk about the, the two-out score and whatever. That five-run fifth inning was bases empty, two outs, and two strikes. Yeah. And scored five runs because uh, the Allen, number nine hitter drew a full count walk. Alan Greer did walk. He got that started and then four straight doubles after that from the top four yeah. in the order. So bases empty, two outs, and two strikes. And from there, they had a five-run inning. Red Wolves now four and three on the season. Do want to mention the tennis team gets their first win under their new head coach, Herman Del Magro. The women go in and beat Arkansas Tech on Saturday, 5-2. to two. I'm sure we'll have him in here at some point in time, get to know him more. But brand new to the scene. You came from University of Illinois where he was on the staff there. So looking forward to seeing what he does with the tennis program. We'll be back to wrap things up here on the Second to None podcast presented by Simmons Bank right after this. The Simmons Bank Card Alerts app lets you get more from your Simmons debit and credit cards. Set transaction alerts to be notified of certain card activity and choose how you receive each alert. You can suspend your card, set a spend limit, or decline specific transaction types. You can even manage multiple cards. If your debit card is lost or stolen or you're opening a new account, you can immediately get a new card just by visiting your nearby Simmons branch. Learn more at SimmonsBank.com forward slash debit card. Simmons Bank, member FDIC. We'll wrap things up by taking a look ahead to this week. We mentioned the basketball teams are in Pensacola for the Sunbelt Conference Tournament. Hopefully they'll be there for a while. That's right. The women begin playing the tournament on opening day, Tuesday at 2. Again, unfortunately, not able to get in that 10 spot to where they could have got that first round by. So they... We'll have to play ULM at two o'clock on Tuesday. And this is an, you know, this is, uh, I know we just played ULM on Wednesday. And I have full confidence Arkansas State can win this game. But I want to go ahead and tell you, I don't think they're beating them by 20 or 30. You know, I just think, I know they just played Wednesday and the game was a 25 point game and it wasn't that close. All that's true. But this ULM team is just, they're, they're a little bit scary just because of some of the things they do. They got this big kid, Emma Merriweather, inside that has really altered games, and she got in some foul trouble where they sat her down, and that's sort of when that game changed Wednesday night. ULM beat them the first time. Now, yep. Izzy Higginbottom and Leilani Ogman were not available for that one, but yeah, so they we, still beat them. So, yeah, so you've got – I mean, literally, there was a 40-point difference between the two games. There mm-hmm. was a 15-point ULM win and a 25-point Arkansas State win, and my guess is, believe it or not, I think – Tuesday's tournament game will land somewhere in the middle. Well, I can say something similar for the men. They play Coastal Carolina in the first round of the tournament, Tuesday at 5. And Red Wolves won that game handily back on February 4th. They won 73-57. to 57. If you remember, the Red Wolves played the same five the entire <laughs> second half of that game. 
I don't know if if we're going to beat them by 16 again. We'll take a win period. That's but, right. You know, again, you're going up against one of the all-time great head coaches, Cliff Ellis, who is the only Division One coach in history to win at least 170 games at four different programs. He's done it at South Alabama, Clemson, Auburn, and now at Coastal Carolina. He's over 900 career wins. You know that Coastal's going to give us their best shot coming up on Tuesday night. Absolutely. Now, if the women win their first-round game, they'll take on Georgia Southern on Wednesday. If the men win their first-round game, they'll take on Troy, a Troy team. They've played close a couple of times, come up just short on both occasions. But that would be Thursday at 2 o'clock if that happens. Baseball this week, a busy week. The uh, weather for Wednesday not looking good for A-State baseball, so they've gone ahead and moved the uh, Mississippi Valley State series to a doubleheader on Tuesday beginning at four o'clock at Tomlinson Stadium and that's going to be a nine seven doubleheader so nine innings in the first game seven innings in the second and then Missouri State comes to town this weekend Friday at six Saturday at three and Sunday at one as this 12 game homestand continues uh this weekend uh, series is going to be uh, a state employee appreciation weekend so at any of the games this weekend if you work at arkansas state and got your id your id is good for two free tickets and everybody else in your group your party your family can get uh tickets at the group rate we'll do some other stuff for that including i think dr shields is going to loosen up that big strong right arm of his and throw the first pitch on sunday i'll see who's brave enough to stand in there and catch it I don't know. I mean, the bicep could get in this way. Of, <laughs> you don't see those pitchers out there with the huge biceps yeah, too often so, like yeah. Dr. Didn't Shields. Didn't see Popeye on the mound too much, did you? <laughs> <laughs> uh, anything else we need to uh, discuss here? Uh, yes, a couple of things here to mention. So Friday night after the women's game, it was the culmination. Speaking of Dr. Shields, it was the culmination of the Chancellor's half-court challenge that the Chancellor's office does Along with uh, John and Marsha Kitterman down in central Arkansas, they they help make this possible because it's not that they come out and say, hey, we're going to do this and somebody might win a -hmm. semester of tuition. They do it and say somebody's going to win a semester of tuition. And we had these, you know, I think 32 combined men's and women's basketball games. A student came out at halftime and tried it, and some got close and some didn't, and some got real, real, real close, and some really, really, really didn't. So once uh, one more person missed at halftime Friday night, that meant when the game ended, if we stayed all night, we were staying until a student hit a shot from half court. The game ended, they lined up, and there were dozens of them there, lined up wanting their shot. First guy gets the ball, he goes up, shoots, and he draws iron. And it's like, wow, well, okay, up to the next. He did not draw iron because it was nothing but net. <laughs> Second person in line. How about that? Cooper. And how many people were, were Oh, I mean, in line? there was, I, I don't know, I mean, 50, 75, I don't know. They were all the way lined, all the way, the rest of the way down the sideline, waiting for their chance. And Cooper Melder from Cabot goes nothing but net on the second attempt of the night and won himself a semester tuition. We And then we celebrated by FaceTiming his dad from half court. I'm sure dad was extremely Oh, pleased. yeah, mom was fired up too. So Cooper's been out there working on that half court shot congratulations to cooper and then we also mentioned oh by the way the football schedule's out yes that's right and it features the first 
three-game September homestand in program history. Wow. After opening it at Oklahoma, three straight in September, and it has never happened. Well, that's exciting. You've got two non-conference games and then the conference opener against Southern Miss. Conference home opener seems rare, so you get to check that off the list, too. Only one home game in the month of October, but that's because the bye is in there. Mm-hmm. So coming off the bye, it's a homecoming matchup with Coastal Carolina. And in our conference schedule, even though the UMass game is in there, kind of sprinkled in up at the front end, the conference schedule all the way throughout those eight conference games alternate home road, home road, home road, home road. Yeah. So no back-to-back road games in the league. That's only happened one other time in the previous 12 seasons. So, I mean, there's a lot to like about this schedule. And Butch Jones did a good job campaigning for nice placement on the bye week. Well, six I, weeks in, I think the rest of the league has Arkansas State to thank to thank for this because you go looking at the composite schedule. I think there are four teams on the bye week the same week we are four total, and we're the last four. It's the latest. Even at midway through the se- the season, it's still the last bye week anybody's got. So I think probably enough noise was raised about having to play nine straight games before you got a buy that they made it a point that that wasn't happening to anybody. Because the week before that, I think there's five teams on the buy, and the rest of them are kind of scattered out even earlier than that. So that bye week, which is October 14th, is I think the latest bye week for anybody in the league. It was a legitimate point. And, hey, props to the Sun Belt for making adjustments. Because we saw the effect of yeah, that, especially yeah, with all and the there, injuries. Yeah, there year. certainly was one. So, And I know the cross-division draw is tough with Coastal at home and going to Marshall. That's tough. But uh, past that, there, there's, there's an awful lot to like about this schedule. And it was cool to be able to roll it out with cooperation from athletics and some in different groups on campus to, to be able to not just roll it out but tell people from the exact moment it came out when homecoming is and some of our other dates. Yeah, that's cool. So uh, excited about the schedule. We appreciate Miles Thomas for coming in. Really enjoyed yes, sir. that visit with an extremely talented freshman on the A-State track and field team. And congratulations again to Coach Patchell and those men's and women's track and field teams earning the sweep of the men's and women's championships in the indoors for a fourth consecutive year. Hopefully we've got a lot more good stuff to talk about next week when we join you again. For Brad, I'm Matt. Have a great week, everybody.